coming to you live from Plugkit Studios in beautiful Largo, Florida. We are keeping you plugged in with episode 440 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology. This week, messaging makes money again, Yahoo approaches the end, and Microsoft loves HD. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we are here and wherever you are and however you're accessing the show, whether it be Facebook, iTunes, the podcast play app available in the Windows Store right now, um, our homes on Livestream and Stitcher, all of the myriad of, pla- of uh, apps on Android, iOS, and on uh, Windows Phone, and of course on our apps, plughitslive.com slash apps. Thank you for making us part of your day. If you're joining us live, we appreciate it. You can do that Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us. Um, You can chat with us in the studio. We have uh, some live viewers right now. As we talk, we want to hear from you. We want uh, your opinions on the things that we're talking about. Um, And you can do that by joining us live in the chat room Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Um, if you are not available to, uh, to join us live, that is okay. You can also subscribe to us by going to f5live.tv and clicking the subscribe buttons on the right-hand side. And you can subscribe to all of our shows, including this one, our flagship, F5 Live Refreshing Technology. You can also uh, subscribe to The Pilch Point with Avram Pilch, who is right here next to me. Um, there's also First Looks, our special events uh, the 3000 Brigade podcast, who will be here in the uh, in the studio, or uh, I guess here in town with us this coming weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. So you can subscribe to all of our shows that way. Um, Avram is here again uh, with his screen back in the place where it belongs because uh, he's here is for the whole show. Ta- is it on a... Oh, hey. I think I deserve a like Doric column for my screen. I I have been working on building a thing to house the the screen because the setup that you guys can't see but that I can is less than ideal. <laughs> it's a little precarious, I guess is the best way to put it and um I've been working on something and the thing that I put together did not work tonight. So all the pieces are are next to you, just past you, out of frame. Oh man! Well, we'll get I it. I have to. I have to work on a better background. My background myself. A lot of stuff got tossed into my office, and it happens. Barring barring a real sense uh, camera that will like put something some cool like fake office behind me, <laughs> I have to get I have to get a setup that's a that's uh, I have to get a backdrop that's a little cool a little. A little nicer, a little nicer looking, but I appreciate, I appreciate uh, being on your Hollywood Squares wall. <laughs> it's me and, you know, like I can imagine that like off the side, off cameras, Jim J. Bullock and some other of the Hollywood Squares. Um, oh my goodness. And like, if you look up and off to your sides. It was the Brady Bunch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's always great to be here. Well, we appreciate you uh, joining as always. Uh, we've got special events coming up. 
lots and lots of them. Uh, we should probably talk about what some of them are uh, before we get going. This coming weekend, as I said, the 3000 Brigade will be in town. And the reason, f- or at least a couple of them, the reason for that is that this weekend is MetroCon here in Tampa. And with MetroCon uh, comes uh, Aaron, who has been a cosplay guest now two years in a row. And so um, she's doing it again, which is wonderful. Um, So Trey will be here. We will be trying a new format for a thing for them. We'll see if it works. Um, We're going to do it a little stealth. So we'll see how it goes. Um, So that's this coming weekend. And then we'll have a regular show on Sunday. Don't worry. Everything's uh, normal for that. Then August 19, 20, and 21 is MizuCon in uh, Miami which means a 3000 Brigade show, which means uh, several of us will be down there for that. We will be doing our show that weekend from Miami, which means Avram gets the weekend off. Uh, Maybe I'll fly to Miami just so I can invade. That would be wonderfully surprising. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'll be, I don't know if I'll be able to do it, but that would be, but uh, I think it sounds like a fun, sounds like it's going to be a great show to watch. I I have been told very little about the stage show. As always, I try to know as little about it as possible because I find it is more fun for me to see it without knowing anything. So I don't know anything about the show. Uh, I am looking. F- I am told, however, that it is likely uh, to take the place as my favorite of the shows so far. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, September 10th, we have Pinellas Comic and MakerCon, which means we will be broadcasting live from there on that Saturday. Um, Danielle and I should be doing our normal special event show from there. And then October 8th and 9th is Roboticon Tampa Bay 2016, which means that we will be doing a first looks show from there, which means there will be no F5 Live that weekend. So we have a lot of special events coming up. we will obviously keep people posted uh, through social media and stuff like that on exactly what what our schedule looks like. But lots of fun stuff coming up. We're very much looking forward to it. Um, but the reason we're here is to talk about some tech news. So how about we start there? This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. We've always got uh, some promotions for you, and right now what we have is if you're a student, you can save up to $449 on a Surface and Xbox combo. You can do a Surface Pro 4 or a Surface Book, get the Xbox One, an extra controller, a free extra game, and a $50 Microsoft Store gift code, which allows you to uh, purchase games for the Xbox, purchase apps for your Surface. You can use it just about anywhere. If you're not a student, it's okay. Uh, You can still save $150 on the Surface Pro 4, uh, 128 gig with the i5 processor right now. And of course, there's lots of other promotions running right now because 
school is getting ready to start, so it's time to prepare, and you can find out all of that by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. All right. So this is a topic that Avram and I have talked about both on and off screen um, on, on several occasions. It's our lack of fascination and the rest of the world's seeming fascination with the world of messaging apps. There has been essentially no change in messaging apps in all the time that I can think about because you know, Facebook Messenger today is essentially no different than AIM was 20 years ago. Uh, and ICQ was before that. And there has been basically no change. Okay, so you can purchase stickers. Who cares? That That is such a who cares type situation. And yet, we keep seeing these companies make way too much money when they sell either part or all of their company. Um, in what was it last year facebook bought whatsapp for like 19 billion dollars which was i i don't even understand that number let alone um the valuation considering that um all of instagram was purchased by facebook for one billion i swear i don't understand the price of whatsapp uh this week a messaging app you've probably never heard of called Line, L-I-N-E, um, went public on both the New York and Tokyo Stock Exchanges and ended up valuing the company at $9.3 billion. I, I don't understand. Not only did they value themselves at, at $9.3 billion, they are the most successful tech IPO of the year. How many users do they have? Um, 600 million, I think, was the number that I heard. The problem, Scott, is not in our stars, but in ourselves. <laughs> the problem is that people keep using different, uh, different messaging apps. So... What investors are valuing is not the technology. The technology, I think even even the exuberant, crazy investors who will tell you that Apple shouldn't be worth as much when they're actually a very profitable company and this, you know, and, you know, this messaging company is worth $9.3 billion. Ugh, they're going to be sorry. But what they're valuing is not the technology. It's not the stickers. It's not any of that stuff. Presumably what they're valuing is the 600 million people, right? Yeah. So the problem is, so I can see where investors value users. Like, wow, look at all these people. We can figure out a way to sell something to them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, although it's a little bit crazy because what are you taught? How many dollars per user is it? Is it like, this is something like $20. Is this, yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to do the math in my head now, but it's, it's a lot of money per per user, basically, that they're mm -hmm. paying for that, that audience. And 
you know, presumably what they see is, oh, there's a way to sell things to these people. The problem is that 600 million, more so than the investors, is that 600 million people thought that they needed another app, right? Yeah. Like, why, why did you need it? And I, I, it, it's, it's like, what did they say? Like every generation has its own, every generation has its own chat app, right? It, yeah. They used to didn't they used to say something like every generation needs to have its own Hamlet and every generation needs to have its own, you know, King Lear or something like like you know we have to remake this every twenty years so that every generation can have their own whatever, right. uh, you know. So now it's every generation has to have your own chat app even if there's absolutely no benefit uh, over the previous no tangent no real benefit so. Uh, when my hair was actually down to here, I was using ICQ at work. Uh, and for people who are less who are watching and don't know what ICQ is, that was probably the first real instant messaging app. Although I, I, I don't know, there were probably some before. But first real mainstream instant messaging app. When I uh, was working at About.com, uh, which I worked at for nine years, and when I started working there in 1998. Uh, everybody was on ICQ at the office okay. and it was a big deal because you'd message. That was how we, we'd have discussions uh -huh. in the office. There were people outside the office. You'd talk to them and then talk about, you know, something I could do when I was that age and not when I, now that I have a family, you'd be up till all hours and people would working and people would still be chatting on ICQ. Although, and then you'd come in the next day and you'd be like, Jim, you're such a good worker. You, I saw your ICQ flower was green. That meant you were on, uh -huh. not asleep, whatever, uh, at three in the morning. <laughs> I forgot did, about the flower. Little did we know that that someone, including this guy named Jim, <laughs> were actually setting their flower just to never turn red, which is what it does after a certain number of minutes of an activity. There was just a setting. So you could just change the setting and be... Now, I mean, if someone messaged you, you wouldn't respond respond to them for a while but uh you know yeah people were people were you know that was seen as being like you're a real go-getter if we see you on icq so much so that at one company party some guy wrote a wrote wrote a, a song called don't leave without your laptop be on icq so we can always find you um so huh. so you know and then you know, throughout my time at the job, the thing changed. So we were not. So for a year or two, it was ICQ. Uh -huh. Then mysteriously, it switched to AOL Instant Messenger. Yep. I didn't understand why, because I thought ICQ was perfectly fine. But some new people come along and came along, and they said, "Hey, we like AOL Instant Messenger." Then for a while, it was AOL Instant Messenger for a long time. Mm -hmm. Then I think some people got on MSN Yahoo yeah. Messenger, and some got on MSN Messenger. Ooh, Yahoo Messenger. And then some of us used. Um, what was the name of I forget the name of that app that actually gave you accounts for all of them? Trillion. Uh huh. Trillion. Right? Uh, this is a trip back in time that a lot of younger <laughs> uh, people probably didn't take. But anyway, the point is, all of these things allowed you to send instantaneous text messages to people. Uh -huh. The one thing that was lacking in ICQ that few later things uh, later messengers had was that ICQ um, did not store the messages in the cloud, mm -hmm. which some might argue is a good thing, but if you right. had multiple computers or whatever, yeah, you you your ICQ history wouldn't be uh, synced, yep, necessarily. And I remember so, when AIM was the same way. So, 
you know, so there was that. But other than that, um, you know, and then later things added audio, but nobody used that because the whole point of these things yeah. is to text and not have to hear somebody or see somebody, right? Yeah. And then there, so today some people use Skype for that, which, mm-hmm. you know, and some use uh, whatever. And then there, so yes, it's out of control. <laughs> and the problem is, I think, lack of standardization. Yeah, absolutely. Sometime about 10, 13, 15 years ago, I was reading stories about how the industry would like to come together and have mm-hmm. one messaging standard. But they don't want to come together because yeah. everybody values having exclusive right. uh, domain over this group of users. Although, so, although there was Jabber, which powered the behind the scenes of a number of different platforms and allowed... Uh, theoretically allowed cross communication uh even google talk when it existed was powered uh behind the scenes by jabber yes but you had to i you know that wasn't i think they never really promoted it like as something that was interoperable and then you could use sort of unofficial tools to do that sort of thing i mean but just imagine i mean i'm thankful every day that this is not what happened with email yeah right? right because this is this this is really the opposite right because e- email you can email anyone it doesn't matter where where they are you know what i could be on gmail you could be on your own server you could be on you know outlook.com it doesn't matter our messages will get through just fine yeah you know somewhere somebody had a community spirit back in i guess because email the email protocol was invented before the internet became such a commercial space before um, the web you know it goes back that far that you can't take that genie out of the bottle and try and make it proprietary like they can with messaging although some had tried i mean if you remember back to the mm. mid 90s people who were on AOL had some i think some of those ISPs it wasn't always so easy to email people who were outside outside yeah um, they try to make it hard for you so you would stay in their walled garden or, or whatever. But, <laughs> you know, AOL in particular. Yeah. Um, so CompuServe. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of terrible. I think it's terrible that there's that there's so many of them, because if you want to communicate with people, then you've got to figure out, well, how many accounts do I need? Exactly. And you've got to have like one whole section, one whole tab on your start screen on whatever device you use dedicated to messengers which is sheer insanity um i don't want to use line and facebook and kick and those are the only ones i can come up with whatsapp i don't want to use snapchat don't forget snapchat which is a thing that i have not quite yet figured out Um, snapchat has (laughs) some snapchat is one that has a unique feature Mm -hmm. uh you know, I must admit, which doesn't I'd necessarily still, make it better. I don't get it. I've read about it. I've tried it. I, I don't get it. Like you want to send someone, uh, you want to send someone a video or a picture or a message and you want it to go away because you think that there's privacy, although it doesn't prevent somebody from taking a screenshot. And I think it's been proven that it's not even totally erased from their servers. So oh, yeah, that they have, they have said that, it's just not accessible, but they're still there. Right. So yeah. basically, it's you. If you want to live a lie that you're, 
that your message is not saved, then you Snapchat. I read uh, I read a whole thing from the founder on why it was created because that that's always been like my number one question is why does it exist? And the explanation was fascinating, though not how it's used, which is okay. Anyway, uh, let's talk some numbers real quick, um, and then let's stop talking about messengers because I think both of us can talk for the rest of 2016 about them. Uh, so, yes, bottom bottom line, ugh, why can't why can't you kids today just use the same messenger as everybody else? Because they're no different. Um, so yeah. the stock opened at 42 a share. Uh, it closed at uh, 26.61, which is uh, no good. Uh, that's even worse than Facebook's opening day performance, which um, up until now was kind of the standard for how bad a tech IPO's opening day could be in modern times. Uh, it is no longer. But it's still the most successful one of the year, which is a little sad. Um, so with that valuation at $9.3 billion, let's look at some other valuations real quick, shall we? Uh, Minecraft, $2.5 billion. Um, Oculus, $2 billion. Instagram, $1. Lucasfilm, right? Lucasfilm, $4 billion. Um, so... If uh, you do not understand why Avram and I are absolutely baffled by these numbers that keep happening, um, the ridiculous number 16 or 19 or whatever Star it was. Star Wars definitely has more than 600 million fans. So Right? <laughs> you know. So if, if you're at all confused by the 16 for WhatsApp and the 9.3 for this one, if you're at all confused by our confusion by that, uh, Lucasfilm sold for $4 billion. So I guess that's... The important thing for me there, because what in the world is happening? <laughs> well, I guess next year they're going to have to bring to, I guess after people stop, you know, after their, their stock falls and line stops being as popular, they're going to have to bring in J.J. Abrams to create the line awakens. <laughs> oh, I think, I think that means we have to, I have to do this now. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones on my head right now are the new Monster Elements, available in five different colors, including the titanium that I've got on, the gold that Danielle had on last week. You can also get these same headphones with the Ghostbusters logo and a number of other headphones with the Ghostbusters logo. Um, the thing that really separates Monster headphones from kind of everybody else is... The fact that, as uh, Noel Lee puts it, it's the pure monster sound. The way that the producer wanted you to hear whatever it is that you're listening to is exactly how you're going to hear it. There's not going to be any adjustments or anything like that. You're going to hear exactly what the producers wanted you to hear, whether it be uh, Trey producing this show or you know J.J. Abrams producing Star Wars. It doesn't matter what it is that you're listening to. What you hear is what you're supposed to hear. Uh, you can find the on-ear, over-ear, or in-ear, wired, wireless, whatever your style, you can find it by going to f5live.tv slash monster. And 
And that music means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Abram Pilch. Abram is right there. Yeah! <laughs> I am. It's always a little weird to do that transition when you've been on the whole show. Yes, but that's okay. So... All I'm going to say as my intro here is that this shirt that I'm wearing is a picture of Rowdy Roddy Piper as he appeared in one of the best movies of all time, They Live, and I'm here to do exactly what he was when he ran out of bubble gum. Okay. Sure. Um, Anyway, for those who don't get it, look it up. Anyway... So this uh so this is a uh this has been a somewhat quiet relatively quiet week in tech except we're seeing the broad movement toward Android on Chromebooks. Yes. Two more Chromebooks were added. Uh two more Chromebooks now can get the Play Store. Uh that means that there's a total of 3. Uh, Zeus uh, Flip, uh, I think it's ZenBook Flip, or is it Flipbook? Uh, the Asus Flip, the Acer R11, and the second generation Chromebook Pixel uh, are three Chromebooks that now can use the Chrome OS dev channel to get a version of Google Play. And there's like three dozen other Chromebooks that are listed, pretty much most of the Chromebooks ever made. Okay. Uh, that are listed as eventually getting this update. Um, so, and important to note right now, those who are getting it, you're not automatically getting it. You have to basically run a beta version of the OS. Um, so what does it what does it mean? It means a lot to people who have a Chromebook because it actually, your Chromebook is like much more useful because now you could potentially run, you know, millions I don't know the exact count right now, but I think it's over 1.2 million for sure. Android apps. Uh, the really important thing is that Android apps tend to work well offline, whereas yes. Chrome OS tends not to work well offline. And most of the web apps that you have to use there, while some of them will work offline, they don't work as well as they should. And frankly, the entire operating system and platform was designed for you to be online at all times. So... Uh, this is definitely a big step forward for Chrome OS, but it does open some questions. Uh, it, it does open up a lot of questions, right? Like, what does this mean for Android? Is the uh, is Google going to actually encourage people to build apps that are more notebook friendly? Because Android as a whole is really the UI of Android is really designed for a single as, for a touchscreen device. Yeah, yeah a small for sure. Device. Um, so, are you going to, you know, are, with are you going to make things that work better without a touchscreen? Because some Chromebooks, right. a lot of Chromebooks, don't have a touchscreen. Are you going to make things that that work better without something while something is in laptop mode? Uh, are you going to have better? Um, I mean, I guess this doesn't matter because it's already been done. Like, they're already adding multi-window mode to uh, Google, to Android. To Android proper. 
to Android Nougat, uh, but now you have multi-window. You hit Chrome as multi-window. Uh, what I haven't found out is what happens. Can you run multiple Android apps in Chrome in different windows next to each right. other? I think you can. Um, and then my big question also got uh, is what happens with things like game development where you really want good good graphics hardware and access to it. Like, is it going to be a problem? Right. How's it going to work if you try to take like a really demanding, as there are not that many really demanding, but a graphically intense Android game and try and play it on your Chromebook? How's that? How's that going to go? Right. Uh, it'll be interesting. <clears throat> like, so, so let's compare it to say the Microsoft Store, right? Um, where uh, when you submit an app, you have to state that there are certain things that are required like does this app absolutely require a touchscreen and you can say that so if your device doesn't have a touchscreen it will not show up you cannot install it period it's possible that the submission process for android apps may start getting a more intense survey um, on submission than it used to because i've done uh, some Android submissions or, and been around during some and the questions that are asked are not um, many. <laughs> it, it's certainly a less intense uh, submission process. Maybe it will get uh, more detailed to be able to handle stuff like that because like you said, you know, like a, a game that's designed for touchscreen may absolutely require you to touch two or three things at once, which you cannot do with a mouse and keyboard. The other thing to note about Chrome Chromebooks, I don't know if you, you, a lot of people don't know this unless they've like played with it a lot. There's no multi-touch gestures on the touchpad. Right. So no pin, no pinch zoom, uh, and presumably that could tra- you know, could have some impact. Although I don't know any games where you have to pinch zoom, but. Presumably, you'd want multi-touch gestures on the touchpad if you're trying to emulate some of the things that you do with your finger uh, on the screen. So it's interesting. I mean, I know that Chrome, that Google Play right now can selectively not give, not show certain results to certain devices. So okay. I guess they'll, I guess they'll figure that out. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily count on Google to get it, to get it right. Um, right away or anytime soon. I mean, uh, I haven't seen any recently, but the Chrome, the Chrome Web Store, which is the store for Chrome apps, right, uh, is a disaster. Um, and it was, a, it has been a disaster. A lot of, um, not only because it's hard to navigate and things like that, but at one point anyway, I think they may have finally kick these guys out a lot of the thing the so-called web apps that were in the chrome store did not run on chrome os right but they would run on chrome but you need to install a plugin that would have to run under windows right and uh and they were still in the in the store when you were in chrome os right yeah i remember talking about that before yeah i mean that's that's crazy how could they? How could they allow that? That's, that's how could they? Have, how could they have missed something so important? Yeah, it, it, you know, or ones that require Flash, which you, right. there's no Flash in Chrome OS. So, um, yeah, it's so. 
Although I would um, imagine that that uh, catalog is getting smaller. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. So those sorts of things I think are getting. Uh, one of the ones that like was in there was. Are you familiar with New Grounds? They have a bunch of web-based games. Wow. Are they still a- around? I don't know if they're still around, but that 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 was one that like a couple years ago was all their games were all over the Chrome store, cool. but you need to install a special plugin from them to use them and okay. no plugins and. And Chrome OS. I hadn't thought about Newground since like 2004. Well, now they're old grounds. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> to get back to our 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 our, our, main, our our topic, I think this is definitely makes the Chromebook infinitely more valuable because there's a lot of things that people can do in Android that you really couldn't realistically do in Chrome. Sure. Uh, things like doing you know office work text editing i mean google, google docs is great but you know now you could you know maybe run there's some like text editor developer apps for android although mm-hmm. there's kind of i think there's a limit to how much development you could really do in android yes. but it also kind of begs as we said before hmm, now that android developers know that they're going on to the chromebook will that change how they do menus right will that change the seriousness of the apps like now that you know you're going on to somebody's like keyboard and mouse chromebook does chrome os become a legit uh contender with competitor for windows and, right. and Mac os which is like the thing that we've always talked about when we've talked about chrome os is the fact that you know it's really designed to be online is there a way for Google to compete against, you know, the two big boys and, you know, adding the capability for software that is designed to be able to be used offline really does kind of change that capability. Because with with Android app support, you could even download Office. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah, there's lots of capabilities now that just simply weren't there before. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, just to be a completist here, the there is such a thing as native apps in Chrome OS that mm-hmm. will run in their own windows and can run offline. Right. Last I checked, there were like five of them. Uh, you know, it's it it's not it's not um, it's not been a very popular undertaking. It does also though ask a question: Why not just Google? Why not just do what Microsoft is doing? And and just have one operating system across multiple form factors and do something like Continuum where your app can, I mean, Microsoft is doing, in my opinion, the absolute right thing. They're trying to have one platform to rule them all. Um, you know, Apple's taking a different approach with iOS and Mac OS, but at least in Apple's case, they're not trying to cross pollinate those two. Right. Um, they are, they are, there's a line that does yeah. not cross. Right. You know, and they don't come out with touchscreen MacBooks and they, they've 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 tried to maintain a clear, you know, they've tried to be consistent when Steve Jobs said you don't want a refrigerator toaster, you don't want a you know, a hybrid, a two in one. They to their credit, they've stuck to their guns on that for many years. Uh-huh. Now Chrome, now you've got a really a little bit of a weird situation. Like Okay, so I've got this desktop OS can run Android apps, but it's not Android. Why? You know, and also, by the way, the one thing that we did not say yet is 
what about all those people? Well, I guess there's an answer, which is try and use some security setting who liked Chrome OS because it didn't have apps. Sure. There's there's a there are people, particularly schools that don't want kids installing things like that, loved the fact that that I mean, in Windows, you have something called security settings that would stop this. And I'm sure you can figure out a way to do it in Chrome OS, too. But the fact that you couldn't do it, that you couldn't take the training wheels off meant that, like, there was no way that your that your kid was going to go off the sidewalk, you know, and and that is that is, a, you know, now now they're giving, you know, now they're giving you an adult bike. Um, so for better or worse, for, for better or worse, you know, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. Uh, one more quick thing to mention, folks should check out if they're really interested in this topic, should check out um, Laptop Mag where we have an article called Will Android Apps Make Chromebooks Worth It, uh, which discusses the situation because uh, uh, it's interesting and the, the interesting news is it's happening uh, and Google's site actually has a list of almost every single Chromebook is going to be getting this update at some point in the uh, next year or so So, and new Chromebooks presumably at some point will start coming with it so dear, your $200 Chromebook has just grown up yeah it's it certainly uh, changed its it's uh, uh, breadth of capabilities. <laughs> yep. So you can say that it's it's learned to use the potty, <laughs> but along with the potty come the things that you put in there. Anyway, <laughs> here's a good and a bad. Anyway, sorry. Uh, anyway, so check if you want to learn more about this topic, check us out. Uh, Check us out on laptopmag.com and tomsguide.com and check me out on Twitter at geekinchief. Oh, I'm still dealing with that comment. That was wonderful. Anyway, um, as always, Abram, thank you. Uh, yeah. That was that, that was a wonderful discussion. Actually, one of my favorite that we've done in a while. Um, and, of course, we will see you for the rest of the show, and then uh, we will see you back uh, next week. Always a pleasure. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Origin. Origin is kind of a, a wide platform. There's a number of things that you can do. Obviously, we always like to start with the on the house free game. Download it now. Keep it forever. Um, the game is Nox. It is 100% free. You can get it now. You can also get trials for a number of games. Uh, FIFA, Command & Conquer. Um, the cool thing about their trials is when you're done, if you decide to purchase the game, you can keep uh, all of your... Um, your progress up until that point, which is pretty wonderful. Um, but really, the thing that sets Origin apart from all of its competitors is Origin Access. Uh, $4.99 a month, unlimited play of all of the games in the vault. Right now, you can get a seven-day free trial to find out uh, 
whether it's worth the $5 a month or not, but let me tell you, with games like Need for Speed, FIFA 16, Battlefield Hardline, um, Titanfall Deluxe Edition, all of these things are available right now for that $4.99 a month. Uh, it's If you're a gamer, it's probably the deal for you. And uh, to get that seven-day free trial, you can go to f5live.tv slash origin. Seems like the thing, like if you were on the fence about it, that seven-day free trial seems like the thing that might finally push you over the edge. Um, anyway, so we talked about it last week. We will talk about it again this week um, from a different perspective because it is the topic in the tech industry, whether it be gaming publications or not. Everybody is talking about Pokemon Go, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, first... Uh, as Avram and I were talking about before the show, um, the fact that it went from nothing to global phenomenon in like 18 hours is unbelievably impressive. Now, granted, a lot of people have been waiting for this for a while because Nintendo did announce it a while back. And so a number of people have been you know, looking forward to it. But I don't think the number of people who have downloaded it and are currently playing it knew about it ahead of time. There's yeah. just way too many people. No, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, I also think there are people who are playing it who are not who are not necessarily lifelong Pokemon fans either. Me. Like, like my wife is, to like is so into it now. Is she? And, and she was not to my knowledge in all the many years I've known her been a Pokemon fan okay. or played any other Pokemon games but something about it like people were doing it she decided to try it it drew her in and now she's like there's there's a there's a church like a like half a mile away okay and she that's a Pokestop okay for those who are not familiar a Pokestop is I'm not that familiar either. It's a place where you're likely to catch a lot of Pokemon. It's Pokemon also a place to get characters. supplies. Ah, get supplies. All right. So she like drives by the church and stops there at night. Like she'll say to me like, hey, you know, do you mind if I go? I have to do something quick for go out for a little bit. I'm like, where are you going? Oh, I got to go visit the Pokestops. <laughs> uh -huh. I mean, last night we went to a wedding. We we're on our way home from the wedding at midnight. She said, do you mind? It's on our way home. If I stop, stop and try to catch some Pokemon. I was like, I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, um, we have so, a number of, uh, 3000 brigade members that have been going to the performing arts center in Fort Lauderdale. Um, because there are like 13 pokey stops and two gyms or something like that all on the property. So, on the one hand, it doesn't appeal to me. On the other hand, I'm always I'm always in awe of people who like take something so seriously. Uh -huh. Like, wow, that's great! Like, awesome! You know um, that you know it's provided some I don't know enjoyment for a lot of people. I think the thing that's most interesting is a how fast it blew up. Yeah. But B, maybe more so even, is that this is such a big deal for augmented reality. Yeah. So um, I, think, I think it's 
you know, just the first of many AR games that we're going to see and then, you know, really taking it to the next level with AR in general. And yeah. as we discussed, I'm a huge fan of augmented reality as a, as a technology. So, uh, you know, if people are, if this is like the gateway drug for people to uh -huh. get into and people develop more AR apps and maybe finally people to start, like maybe that'll be the killer app that gets people to buy a HoloLens. Right. Well, it'll have to be a HoloLens competitor because $3,000, no one can afford that. But, you know, yeah. is there going to be like Pokemon glasses that you can wear around? Like, right. is that going to be a killer app? Like, hey, I, you know, now I can catch the Pokemon. Um, so I think, I think it's great, obviously, with the sudden popularity is also the sudden backlash. So sure. there are people doing stupid, crazy things. Uh, I'm sure yeah. we could name a few. A couple of people fell off of a cliff. The yeah, other I saw day. that. Um, I don't know. Both died. At least one died. Um, there were. Um, this is more insulting than dangerous. There were people who were playing uh, Pokemon at some really inappropriate Pokemon Go at uh -huh. and at at a concentration camp and at a Holocaust museum. Uh, and there were people who were playing, you know, I'm sure there were some other inappropriate places too. Um, oh yeah. What, what were some of the worst that you heard? Um, well, there was the, the Holocaust museum and the particular type that was found in there, um, which is completely randomly generated. Don't let anybody yeah. tell you anything otherwise. Um, but I saw a picture of, um, at a wake which was a little surprising and terrible. Um, but so <clears throat> with all of that said, the thing that, that I find most fascinating right now, um, in addition to, yay, maybe this is the thing that makes AR really take off in the public's eyes, which is fine for me because like you, AR is like the technology I'm fascinated by. Um, is the the fact the the way that you know augmented reality reality is still in there and the way that it has affected reality and like the companies and businesses that have responded in creative and brilliant ways like uh, T-Mobile for example we know John Legere does all kinds of crazy things and uh, one of the things that he has done that has angered net neutrality people and whatever they uh they offer a, a service or a feature i guess called bin john where certain uh products and services do not uh draw from your data uh for example uh, like uh groove and uh netflix don't right. draw from your data when you're using them which is a fascinating concept uh starting this tuesday through the T-Mobile Tuesdays promotions, this Tuesday through August 9th, uh, every Tuesday the promotion is going to be one free year of Pokemon Go added to your binge on service so that none of the data that the app uses will affect your data caps, which is pretty clever. If you're a, if you're a big user and you have no allegiance or contract to your carrier, perhaps this could be the thing that pushes you over to T-Mobile. I don't know. It wouldn't be the thing for me, but <clears throat> you don't know. T-Mobile's done a really good them. job of, of, of uh, you know, one thing that we do on tomsguide.com, we review a lot of phones and we cover the carriers pretty mm -hmm. extensively. And 
T-Mobile really just keeps piling on new new value propositions. Uh -huh. So, yeah, I mean, this good good for them. I mean, I think recognizing a trend. I think they're glamming on to a trend of the moment. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's okay. I mean, I think it raised the question: Will people still be playing in a year? And uh, sure, you know, people the people at my the the people at my job, as we have discussed this very question of whether this is a flash in the pan or not, uh, say that it will calm down, but there will still be people playing in a year. So, um, I agree with that assessment. I think that it'll, it will calm, but I think that <clears throat> that there will be a lot of people who will be as if not more uh obsessed with it <laughs> gamification you know gamification works mm -hmm. so if you find a you know if you find a way you know people will find a way to i mean if you think about this uh you know it's based on eager on uh ingress right right google, uh google's ingress app which also had people going around using AR, but mm -hmm. wasn't as popular. But it, they used the the locations from Ingress. Well, you know, I think I see that the In I see that Ingress has actually had a surge in popularity because of the Pokemon game. Anyway, think, keep going. Think of all the other things people will will now turn into a game. Will now gamify using AR, like fitness. Well, actually, Pokemon Go gives you helps you with fitness. Absolutely. You know, that's one of that was one of the stories going out. People were complaining about sore legs because they had to get up and walk to get their Pokemon. Uh huh. Although they should have hired that person who drives you around. Did you hear that one? Thirty dollars an hour to take you to all the Pokestops and drive at a slow speed so your eggs hatch. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, I have a friend in uh, North Florida who has a company called uh, Pedicabs, which is exactly what it sounds like. And uh, they have been doing a lot of Pokemon-related business because they are guaranteed to stay under the speed because of how it works. And um, basically, you can pay to have somebody drag you around to, from place to place. It's a pretty clever, uh, pretty clever way for a company to take advantage of a trend, just like T-Mobile did. And uh, Yelp is another company that's done a really good job of taking advantage of the trend, uh, they have actually added a filter to their location search for Pokestop nearby, which I went to dinner uh, on Thursday night and just happened to be at a restaurant that had a Pokestop in it because there's a artwork on the wall. I'll put sarcasm quotes on there because um, it's the same one in all of their restaurants. So I don't know that it's artwork at that point. But whatever. Um, and it is a Pokestop. And so I can... Both of us were players. And so uh, it was interesting to see how even we were interacting with the thing at the place that we were at. And then people who were sitting outside who weren't even coming inside uh, for the Pokestop. It was really fascinating. So it makes sense for Yelp to add that because, uh, you know, if you're, if you're super into it and you're going to dinner anyway, for example... You might as well go somewhere where every eight minutes or whatever it is, the Pokestop resets and you're able to to interact with it again. You might as well take advantage of it. So that so it, that kind of raises an interesting question from a business's point of view, right? Uh -huh. Now I think businesses are going to be able to try to register to be a Pokestop. Uh -huh. And if if you're running a business, do you want to be a Pokestop? I think a lot of them probably do want to be Pokestops because depends on your uh, business, probably. 
you know, but on the other hand, there's probably others who are like, oh, I don't want all these like transient people outside and they're not right. going to they, maybe they're not going to buy stuff. Does Vic, uh, does Victoria's Secret want to be a Pokestop? Probably not. Does Chipotle? Almost certainly. Right. For does, example. Yeah, I think anything that's like a fast food yeah. type of place has got to has got to be all over this. Yeah, or absolutely. a bar. Or something like oh, that. It's got to yeah, be all a, over this. A bar is l- like a genius situation for it. Um, another another uh, place that has been uh, popular for Pokestops has been uh, uh, theme parks. I know that all of the Disney parks, all of the SeaWorld parks um, are covered in them. And SeaWorld over the weekend on both of their brands, both SeaWorld and Busch Gardens, uh, Ran a promotion yesterday, at least here in Florida. I don't know about the other uh, park locations, but I know here in Florida, both the Orlando SeaWorld and the Tampa Busch Gardens ran a promotion from 10 till 2 yesterday where the company paid for lures for all of the Pokestops on the park grounds. And every 30 minutes, their employees would reset them. So the park was inundated with Pokemon all day. Because the, for those who aren't regular players, the lures do what they sound like. They draw additional Pokemon to the locations. Um, essentially, the uh, generator puts more, you know, spawns more in that location than normal. Um, and so the entire both parks were absolutely inundated with Pokemon all day. And so if you're going to find, if you're going to find rare ones and things like that, it sure seems like. SeaWorld, which is covered in water, and Bush Gardens, that has several different, uh, you know, climates, I suppose, or ecosystems within it, uh, would be great places to find a variety of uh, rare Pokemon. And if the park is going to pay to uh, to keep those lures active, that's a pretty clever way for a theme park who, you know, you know right? It's a theme park. You know that when people get there, they're going to have to, even if they have... A pass, right? It's Bush Gardens and SeaWorld. So they've got the pay for a day come all year. So even with that, they're going to pay for parking. You know, people are going to pay for drinks and stuff. At, you're going to make money from it. So it's a really clever way for the, the parks to take advantage of their situation of being covered in Pokestops. Bush Gardens so, is ridiculous. I've seen a screenshot on the map. It's insane. So... And did you say you said Disney too? Uh, Disney did not run their promotion, but yes, they are also covered in Pokestops and gyms. So let me just play um, real world old people's advocate with you for a second. Like, sure. Although I shouldn't say that because my wife's about the same age as me and she loves to play Pokemon. So <laughs> uh, it costs over $100 a person to get into Disney World, doesn't it? You're going to take a fan. You're going to go in there and you're going to use your time there to to play a game on your phone. Maybe. I mean, if you're already an annual pass holder, uh, which is really, I think, who who the Bush Gardens and SeaWorld thing was was aimed at was people was locals who already have an annual pass or have the pay for a day, play all year type thing. And you go to Bush Gardens all the time anyway. This is the the draw to bring in a certain crowd who are going uh, to be likely to purchase things while they're there. And, you know, 
I, yeah. I think that was their goal. Um, and I have not heard whether it worked. I have some friends uh, over there, and I look forward to hearing uh, whether it was a successful event. My guess is if we see another one in the next couple of weeks, we will know that it was a su- successful event. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, cer- certainly like those parks already, you know, those parks are some of the biggest, most well-attended parks in the whole world. Right. But, you know, I think one where it's a little bit more, they're struggling a little bit more, <laughs> they probably would benefit more from the poke, you know. Absolutely. Uh, for for example, uh, Trey, who hosts the 3000 Brigade podcast uh, for us, he works at a park in South Florida that is has uh, animals and like they're in the Everglades and they've got airboats and stuff like that. And they have, I think he told me, they have three pokey stops and a gym on property and uh so they have been talking about how they can take advantage of their position they've they've been advertising the fact that they have three stops in a gym which was trey's idea to talk to to promote it um and you know i said well the next step is to you know promote lures um our friends at tate's comics uh, said that the the stop that's right outside of their store uh, has lures in it all the time, uh, both by their employees and their customers who will set them up, and it's been it's been good. So there's definitely a way, definitely ways for companies to take advantage of it, and obviously uh, a variety of ways because T-Mobile and Yelp certainly took uh, unique approaches <laughs> to taking advantage of the trend. So now if I'm Nintendo, how do I monetize this to my advantage? I mean, they're already making money, but like... If you're Nintendo, what you do is you make a big deal about the uh, Pokemon Go Plus, the uh, add-on Bluetooth device that vibrates and lights up to let you know when there's a Pokemon, Pokestop, or gym within your range. Um, And stuff like that. You You start promoting... Uh, the fact that you have uh, uh, Pokemon Prime games coming out for uh, for the regular devices in the next couple of months. You've got you've got you know hardcore Pokemon games that maybe people who have never played Pokemon before but are obsessed with this game. Maybe it's time for you to get a, a 3ds and try out the the new games coming out soon. Now, see, if I were them, though, I would try to be mercenary on the other side. I would try to see how I could get businesses to pay me for special Pokemon privileges. Absolutely. Like, could, like, here, Nintendo, I got this idea. It's, it's Give me commission, though, because this is a good one. You should char- You should allow a business like a restaurant to pay you a certain amount for an exclusive Pokemon. How... How 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 well would it do if you were running a bar and you could have a Pokemon that could only be caught there? You wouldn't be, because there are a limited number of the uh, the species available. Uh, you probably wouldn't have an exclusive, but maybe you have a far higher chance of having. Maybe there's a there's always a rare that hangs out at your location or something I, I, like that. Absolutely. I don't know, but there's probably some way to get businesses to yeah. pay for like premium access, just well, like businesses pay Facebook to boost their post. The places that want to have a Pokestop because they want to bring in business, get some type of 
value add. Absolutely. The 3DS has um, a couple of games that work a little bit in this kind of realm. And there are companies who pay to be uh, direct partners uh, where you can get things in, in that particular case, you can get things that are exclusive to those locations. Uh, McDonald's has been a partner since since the launch of the 3DS, for example. So, so. yes, there's definitely there's definitely some some room in there, and they will likely get to that. Um, I think they're since they're Niantic is having enough server problems and things right now. I think they're just trying to keep the game afloat. For the time being, which is probably an okay goal. Yes. Anyway, so um, if you guys know of other companies who have had some creative ideas uh, on how to uh, how to take advantage of the the popularity, we really want to know. You can go to pluggitslive.com. It'll take you to the upstream. Um, you'll find the article. Uh, right there and um, comment let us know what you think uh, or you know places that you've seen if there's a restaurant in town that's doing something unique we really want to know about it uh, and maybe we'll talk about it in the future because it does not look like this story is going away anytime soon and it certainly looks like uh, it's going to stay at the top of the gaming news for a while so it's likely we will talk about it so let us know This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or, you know, let the professionals do it for you because that's what they get paid to do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater, not, or Mystery Science Theater 3000, I apologize, not the guys who are doing the reboot, uh, are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies from blockbusters to... Um, duties of a secretary. I don't know what that is, but I would imagine it's terrible, which is kind of the point. Um, they've got a little bit of everything. The way it usually works is for three or four dollars, you uh, download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever the movie happens to be, and laugh. Um, they've got some shorts. Oh, Duties of a Secretary is one of the uh, short films. Basically, they're the old black and white educational films, and they just tear them apart. They also, from time to time, do a live event where you can go to a movie theater, and they will be in a theater somewhere in the country, and it is broadcast live nationwide. The next one is Mothra. It will be August 18th in uh, theaters nationwide, and if you can't do 18th, it's okay. There will be an encore presentation on the 23rd as well. Uh, if you're in our area, we are likely to go see it together because uh, we tend to go see the live events together. So if you're interested, find us on social media and we will uh, talk about where we're going to be. If you're not in the area and you want to find out what theaters or what movies are available, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks. I saw that look on your face, Avery. I love Mothra. <laughs> I, that, is, that is a... That is... My, my wife and I love Godzilla. We've, we, we've seen all... 27 original Japanese movies. Mothra is, is a favorite, so that that sounds really cool. Well, one of the uh, previous live events that we went and saw was uh, the the Godzilla modern remake disaster 
with uh with yes, uh Broderick. Yeah, with Broderick in it. Which you know, when you when you take into consideration what Rift Tracks is, the fact that the movie is terrible does no, you not don't want a good you don't want a good movie for that. Well, I'll tell you that one of my one of my all time favorite Rift Tracks is actually three hundred, which standalone was a fine movie. Um and commercially successful and it was it was still a really funny riff track but my all-time favorite is still birdemic shock and terror because what a terrible movie anyway uh (laughs) let's talk about something it'll be quick we just need to keep updated on a ongoing story the yahoo uh disaster that has been there how do we deal with ourselves Story And um, a while back, they decided that uh, they were going to auction off parts or most of the company. The auction has been ongoing several uh, rounds so far. Right now, we're in the final round with um, final bids due in about 12 hours from now. And uh, they're due uh, sometime on Monday. And um, then the board of directors will make a decision uh, as they say, shortly thereafter. We don't know what that means. Uh, Is there a buy it now button that could save us from all of this? There's not, because it's a complicated scenario because the bidders get to choose uh, which pieces they are bidding on. Oh. So that means you could have two identical numbered bids that may not be for the same value. Because one might be bidding the same number for more things. This sounds more like Craigslist than eBay. Yeah, it sure does. Um, the main people who are bidding right now, the basically the three important ones who are left are Verizon, AT&T, and uh, Dan Gilbert, who is the co-founder of Quicken Loans, uh, who is being uh, financially backed by Berkshire Hathaway, which is Warren Buffett's company. Um who is known for investing in failing companies that he personally sees a future value in. So those are the three uh, bidders who are remaining. Obviously, if Verizon were to win, uh, they would roll it, likely roll it into their 90s corral that they're building. I don't quite know what they've got going on in their heads but verizon currently owns aol and could soon own yahoo and therefore uh the 90s internet (laughs) Uh, i have because aol owns compuserve so you literally would have the 90s internet all owned by verizon uh at&t uh likely is bidding to keep it away from Verizon and, I guess, have a 90s battle? I don't know what AT&T's goal exactly is there, and who knows what uh, what Berkshire Hathaway is thinking here. Obviously, they see some sort of future uh, value out of Yahoo. I don't know what it is. I mean, they've got... Well, I mean, let's, let's go back real quick to the messaging conversation, right? Uh, $9.3 billion valuation on 600 million users we're looking at somewhere in the i think i saw six billion dollar range for yahoo who has more than a billion uh monthly visitors to their platform 
Yeah. Also, Yahoo has, although I don't think they've done a ton with it, their mail, their own mail, and I think their messenger still works too. So mayhaps. Yeah. So, but yeah, I continue to ask the question about Yahoo. Like they have some good stuff, although they periodically go through sort of, I don't know, they just periodically go through purges. It's like they'll build up and tear down, build up and tear down. Yeah. It's like the Florida Marlins baseball team or something like every now and again, they'll be like on the top of their game. They'll be like, yeah, yeah, you know, we've got this new content. For example, Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine joined them when they decided they were going to launch a new tech channel a couple of years ago. And then they decided to tear after like a year or two, they decided to tear it down again. Um, And when they're, when they're spending and and building things, they build good things. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then they get to a point, I, but I guess they're not making enough money, so they always get to a point where they purge. Yep. Uh, so, well, that was yeah. one of the things that Marissa Meyer did when she first got there too. Was she asked for a list of all of the things that the company was currently working on and published, and just started taking a red marker to it, going, "Nope, this is going to go away. This is going to go away." She started with things like, you know, the the Yahoo OMG blog app for blackberry six she's like nope we don't we don't need this crap anymore um and you know she started to get rid of you know legitimately ridiculous things but then over the last year or so when they've made purge announcements sometimes there are surprising products in there you're like wait for what didn't you just didn't you just open that right so yeah, it's they seem to come and go a lot, yeah. you know. I mean, I think I think the come the the coming like the new stuff comes from Marissa and then the cuts after the initial stuff where Marissa's like, "Okay, these things are ridiculous. They need to go." After those initial cuts from her, I think all of the cuts after that came from the board because she and the board seem to have I mean, right up through now, seem to have a very tense relationship. I think the problem with Yahoo is, what do I know? But I think the problem with Yahoo is they don't stick with anything through the long haul. Or they, you know. They're very short-term focused. Very short-term focused. Uh, But I think that's probably the, the, the problem that the investors have. Yeah with them is uh, unfortunately a lot of times public companies uh you know they they have investors that are very like i don't care about your future i just want to see what you did right now yep exactly uh and so being a public company doesn't always lead to good long-term decisions that's true uh, look at look, look at michael dell that's what i was gonna say yeah. i think dell was smart uh to go private Yahoo probably would, if Yahoo could go private, right. they would probably be better off in some respect if pieces of them are purchased by a larger entity, uh, which it sounds like they will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps those pieces will be allowed to thrive, thrive a little bit. Yeah. So they'll, they'll be watered and put in the sun as opposed to kept in a closet and given only the bare necessities. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. Uh good good luck to them cuz Yahoo has you know has at times been been great and always has some really great stuff. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, I'm all for more uh, quality services and content on the internet. So Absolutely. Let's not. So hopefully, they get a company that's committed to to helping them grow, yeah. not to like picking out the little picking picking everything out until not, there's, there's yeah not left. not buying it so they can pull the copper out of the walls yeah yeah absolutely i i really hope that yahoo can succeed because you know they're one of the original internet brands that are still around you know what i mean like they're they're part of the the web's history they it would be good to see that brand survive so This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Groove Music. 40 plus million songs available to listen ad-free as much as you want and download to up to three devices for offline streaming because we know trying to listen to music in an airport or on a plane or when you're driving around can be a challenge. You can download the tracks to your device and uh, play offline on Windows and Windows Phone, iOS, Android, Xbox 360, Xbox One, and just in your browser, basically anywhere that you want to use it, you can. Uh, $9.99 a month for all that unlimited streaming and playing. And right now we've got two deals for you. If you sign up right now, uh, despite the email that Microsoft sent out to a lot of people recently, where you can get 14 day free trial, we'll give you a 30 day free trial. And if you sign up for a year, they'll give you two months for free uh, right now. Pay for 10, get two for free. And you can get both of those deals by going to f5live.tv slash groove. I got that email from, from Microsoft myself and kind of chuckled. I'm like, wait, I have a better deal than that myself already. What are we talking about? <laughs> anyway. Uh, speaking of Microsoft, um, Microsoft has been trying to hype their uh, Edge browser and certainly trying to separate it from Internet Explorer, which was the browser you love to hate. Uh, and uh, they've been making some claims lately. We know that uh, a couple of weeks ago they made the claim that uh, using uh, Edge was better for your battery uh, on a uh, particularly on a Surface Book, they showed uh, Edge, Chrome, Opera, and Firefox all streaming a video, and you watched computers turn off at surprisingly short periods of time. I know that a number of publications have rerun those tests with varied results, sometimes confirming those results and sometimes finding that Chrome did better. Nobody has shown that Opera or Firefox did any better than the test showed, but several publications have shown that Chrome did better than uh, than the Microsoft test showed. But um, this week they made an interesting claim that I absolutely had to dig into. Microsoft said that if you want to watch Netflix in HD in the browser, that their browser was the only option. Now that seemed not exactly likely to me. Um, but there are ways to prove this information. There is a developer console available inside of uh, Netflix, 
which is not exactly public, but many people know how to access anyway. So um, what I did was I, on the same computer, went and went from browser to browser. I did Edge, I did IE, just why not, right? Uh, Chrome, Firefox, and Opera. So I guess now nine people have Opera installed with me included. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I ran it in all five browsers and um, found some interesting stuff. Absolutely, Microsoft's browsers, Edge and IE, were both able to do 1920 by 1080. And uh, Chrome, Firefox, and uh, Opera all capped out at 720. They were incapable of bumping up to 1080p. So Microsoft's claims, absolutely true. Now, there is a small caveat. Um, Safari is also capable of doing 1080p, although... The Windows version of Safari has not been updated since 2012, so we would not recommend you install it or use it. Um, but it does also uh, run Netflix at 1080p. But being a four-year-old browser, yeah, I would not recommend installing it. Uh, but it does mean that on the Mac, um, Safari has 1080p capability, um, and Chrome, Firefox, and Opera do not. So... Um, both platforms have an ability to watch 1080p in the browser from Netflix, and uh, it is not from uh, Google, Firefox, or Opera. I wonder why. Well, I did another little test to try and figure out why. And uh, so what I did was I took Edge, and I opened the developer console, and I used Netflix in emulation mode, which basically changes the uh, user agent string to claim that it's a different browser. Ah, yes. So I switched Edge to say that it was Chrome. And what happened? It came up and said you have to install Silverlight to use this feature. Huh. Interesting. So I went, to, I went and I flipped it over to Firefox and it gave me the same error. And I went to Opera and again, it gave me the same error, um, which I thought was pretty fascinating. So, you know, I started doing some digging through some of the stuff we've written about in the past, some stuff that was bouncing around in my head. And one interesting correlation that I put together now, is this true? I don't know, but... Uh, Avram and I were talking about it before the show in 2011 when the HTML5 standards were first being drafted. Uh, there was a battle over what video was going to look like in HTML5. And uh, Microsoft and Apple both said, let's use the industry standard of H.264. And Google, Mozilla and Opera all said, no, 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 no. Let's use this thing nobody's ever heard of that Google built. Um we think it'll be better because it's open. And um, interestingly, that's where the line on Netflix is, is the companies that supported H.264 get 1080p and the companies that didn't don't. Um, so kind of what I was thinking was uh, the reason why when 
it went into say Chrome mode in Edge that it said you have to install Silverlight is Netflix probably pinged the browser and said, okay, you're Chrome, so we're gonna try and play it in WebM mode. And the browser said, I don't know what that means. And so um, they then said, okay, well, let's use the older player with the Silverlight player. And Edge said, well, that's a plugin and Edge doesn't support plugins. So mm. that's not gonna work either. And Netflix went, all right, not our problem. <laughs> it would it would certainly explain the error because we know the edge that I was running in, I'm, I'm running in available to the consumer edge, not preview program edge. So there are no plugins. Edge yep. cannot run outside of its sandbox, which means it cannot access Silverlight like the other browsers can. Um, and so when Chrome said, I can't play WebM, I can't load Silverlight, Netflix went, yeah, it's not our problem then. Bye-bye. So what you're saying is that Netflix is delivering WebM to the Chrome browser, but it's delivering a different stream mm -hmm. to the Edge browser. Yes, that's my guess. So here's my question to you. Mm -hmm. Can Chrome support H.264? Even uh, though they didn't want to, can you do it? Can it do it? It can do it, right? I, I mean, think, not yeah, I think so. So what if you did the opposite? What if you went into Chrome and you changed the user agent to Edge? Fascinating. I don't know why I did not think about doing that. I will. I, just thought I, I think that would be interesting to find out. That will be my next project. And then that would be Netflix's fault, right? Because why aren't they? So they're delivering inferior stuff in WebM to what they're delivering in. I mean, because you could do 1080 in WebM, right? So they're absolutely now. So it could be. It could be that uh, Chrome supports like Chrome's support for WebM like runs faster, or you know, there may be some performance or file size, you know, streaming packet. Maybe Chrome can't do. Um, uh, file compression, like stream compression on H.264, but can in uh, WebM. So they prefer to go on the WebM side because it keeps their files, their stream sizes smaller. Because we know Netflix, the last number I saw, Netflix accounts uh, for 40% uh, of the world's internet traffic. You know what you should also be using? Actually, like I should help you with this. But uh, if you want to... It, you know, we're talking this in there, but readers can do this. Um, Try to remember the name of the software that I use for this that actually gives you a log of all your HTTP, all your internet connections, basically every uh -huh. file, everything you download. I've got a couple of them. Right. I so use them use, for work. Yeah. So use something like that to actually see, and see the if name the, of the, the stream. Target is different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. But bottom line for those of you watching, uh, is you get bet you get a better picture in Edge. Um, the good Could news you tell is subjectively. Oh, absolutely. I like when I had the developer console off, or when I wasn't paying attention to it. I could absolutely tell when the resolutions changed. There was there was no doubt about it. It was very clear when the resolution changed. The other interesting question is whether this carries over to Chromecast. Right. And like there's a number of things. I don't have a Chromebook available to me. To right. Like 
now I'm going to go back to our office where I know we somewhere somewhere we have Chromebooks in the closet. Uh -huh. We have some that we're reviewing. We have some that we reviewed. They're still in the closet. I will absolutely try this. Excellent. And we'll Although be able to tell me how to get to the console so I can see because I absolutely I to to the, the Netflix console. But I will absolutely try that. Awesome. And we'll be able so to add to we'll this follow, story with time. So we'll follow we'll follow up on this. This is this is fascinating. I congratulate you on your myth confirmation. Um, it it was just such a strange claim to be made that there was no way I was going to be able to leave it alone. Of course, it sounds like Netflix is at fault here, right? I mean, it certainly could be. Absolutely. Like, I I would love to reach out to Netflix. I think we have a contact there and ask them why you know if they're providing a weaker quality stream to chrome users and firefox users why are they doing that unless there's a tactical reason that what that they that they can't do it for for chrome so i think it's, that's an interesting question it's always possible but you can get 1080p stream from other sites right yes so absolutely but so it could be it could be uh technology it could be um uh like contract stuff right there's always the possibility that it has that there's some if it's not in h264 that they're only legally permitted to stream 720 via contract because webm doesn't have the drm uh that h264 has and as as an example of that um one of the things that I mentioned in my in my write up of my tests is that when you screenshot Netflix in Edge and IE, you get a black screen with the developer console, the debug console over top. But in the other three, where obviously WebM must be running, you get uh, a frame grab, which I found fascinating. That is very interesting. So there there were a number of things that led me to to the idea that it was H.264 versus WebM that was our our target here. So if you want to make memes out of screenshots from old shows, you're use only, Chrome. You're only going to get it in 720, but use Chrome, Firefox, or, uh, or Opera yeah. if you're one of the eight other people other than myself that currently have Opera installed. Boy, is that a clunky-looking browser. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. That's what we're going to do is forget to forget to unmute the music channel. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> that's our show. Uh, thanks for sticking around, uh, those, of you, those of you who have been listening and watching live. We appreciate it. Uh, we've had people in and out of the chat room all all show. We appreciate you uh, joining us live. If you are subscribed, thank you for that as well. If you're live, you can go to f5live.tv and click the subscribe buttons on the right-hand side and subscribe to F5 Live, the Pilch Point, 3000 Brigade, uh, the first looks, our special events, uh, all from there. Um, and if you're subscribed, you can join us Sunday nights at 9 p.m. by going to f5live.tv slash join us. As always, thank you to Avram. For, uh, for joining for the full hour. My um, pleasure, always. I'm going to figure out how to get that screen proper one of these days. <laughs> I'm going to send you a Dora column to put it on top of. 
I've got I've got a couple of ideas for adjustments in here because we've got some new shows coming that could benefit from the TV being in a different place. We'll see if it happens though. Um, anyway, uh, special events coming up over the next couple of months. We talked about it at the top of the show. Uh, if you missed it, uh, go check out the about minute five or so at the top of the show. Uh, but the important thing to know is that this weekend is MetroCon here in Tampa. If you're in the Tampa area, look for us. Erin Hurst from the 3000 Brigade is one of the cosplay guests. Uh, she will be running around like a crazy person, and Trey and myself will be uh, there as well, uh, trying out a new podcast format for a show. Um, we've also got one of our one of our staff members who will be in Artist Alley. Alante has a booth set up in Artist Alley, so if you are at MetroCon, definitely check out... Uh, all of our cast members uh, because they will certainly appreciate it. And with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we will see you guys back next week. Ciao. Ciao. Oh.